Hello, and welcome to your weekly Corner Kombucha Cleanse. I'm your host, Willow, and I'm joined by my co-host. Yes, hello. This is Shad Amigo Shocknessy. <laughs> Hola to all my amigos out there. And we've just been um, taking in the energies of this week's debates and how Marianne Williamson has truly awakened the spiritual core of America. Mm-hmm. Not right wing, not left wing, but forward through spirituality is how the United States will take on Donald Trump. And we would just like to take a moment for you just to clear your thoughts, close your eyes, and imagine all the wars and all the you know, sad children who don't have beds. Visualize it. Visualize it. And the U.S. military industrial complex with their missiles of hate. Mm. But we will replace those missiles with missiles of love. Missilo de Amora. <laughs> and spirituality. Yes. Spiritualismo. <laughs> and just the frequencies all around us continuously mm-hmm. um, that were especially on that stage. Um, on Friday and, and, and Thursday night mm-hmm. um, that we just have to remember that that with all these frequencies continuously around us that we need to tap into a higher frequency yes. that our consciousness has to has to reach a plane that Donald Trump and his, his words of hatred and separation and 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 ripping apart the American soul with his black magic that this higher plane of existence will be what can bring us together spiritually, mentally, physically sexually I had a from the debates that I watched um, on the Telemundo uh, I learned a lot from Senorita Williamson uh, about what to do uh, we need to imagine the conflict in Yemen or Le Yemeno as uh, on a higher frequency, um, a frequency grande. <laughs> Where all those school children cannot be touched. It reminds me of when my family came to this fine country from. Ilande, and started a wonderful business um, trading willing people um, in the fine land of Tejas. El, El Tejas. So just remember that this battle that we face mm. against Trump and that which Marianne Williamson will lead us yes. is not just a battle of politics but it is entirely a psychic battle and your shield of virtue and your sword of truth will be the weapon that leads 
all of us Americans into a spiritual and physical victory against Donald Trump mm. in 2020. Namaste. Yeah. Namaste. I naturally will be supporting uh, Senorita Williamson for El Presidente of Etato Unity Taco Bell. Um, if my name is not Sean, Seamus, Tig, uh, Aoife, Neve, Amigo, Shocknessy, O'Connell, McCormick, Walsh. <laughs> Ah, so yeah, hey, welcome to your uh, your weekly corner spatey. Um, yep. If you have not uh, um, gotten around to it yet, uh, we will be talking about the uh, the Democratic debates. Mm. And uh, sorry that it's not a Europe centric episode this week. Well, actually, that character I did for the first opening was based on um, Pedro Sanchez, current president of, <laughs> of Spain. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, Europe tied in. Yeah, done. Woo! Spanish came from Europe. Yeah, so uh, this week is just uh, Kieran and myself, Nick, because mm-hmm. um, the other two did not watch the debate, and they're busy and not here, or whatever the hell they're doing. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was definitely, uh, uh, I have no faith in the Democratic Party, <laughs> none whatsoever. Um, yeah, where should we start in that absolute shit show right. that was a two-night extravaganza Woo. of mediocrity. It's like Eurovision, except more pro-Israel this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I guess I guess let's let's talk about the the format a little bit before going ham into it because there might be people out here who don't know what the fuck this was, and that's fine. I I was in Cologne and no, actually I was in Krefeld, um, which. There is nothing in Krefeld, except it does have its own magazine. That's cool. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so I woke up and watched the debate at like 5 a.m. and Because I hate myself. Um, I watched the first debate because there was two debates. People might know not, not know what was happening. So here's what was happening. There were two debates. Um, they split up the candidates randomly. Yes. Apparently, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they split up the candidates randomly. There was one on Thursday night and one on Friday night. And to be considered, you had to be consistently polling above 1% um, in more than, I believe, three polls, which I think is actually very little, but still. Uh, we'll get to who the fucking other uh, clown car they let in because of that. <laughs> um, you also had to get, um, if I remember correctly, let me just get that again. Da, 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 da. The fundraising criteria is, yes, 65,000 unique donors, um, but also at least 200 unique donors uh, per state in at least 20 states. Yeah. Okay. So of those 65,000, they had to be spread out across at least 20 states. Yeah. yeah. And this year, because if we remember... Um three years ago now or four years ago when the republican debate started they had just as big of a field i think they had like 18 people yeah um with their debates and the way that they divided them up was kind of like you were doomed um if you were in so it was it was two debates on one night you had like the d league at like five o'clock in the afternoon at least like u.s times and uh 
Prime watching television hours. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, And they actually complained about that, yeah. too. So you had, then it was like the lowest six people who were polling were in that debate, and then the real event was then three hours later um, with the top 12 or 10. I can't yeah, remember. Right, right, right. And it ended up becoming really problematic because you could go from the D-League to the, you know, to the big ballers based on polling, mm-hmm. However, it was also then very hard for you to then get your message out there if no one's watching your thing. So there was like, you know, uh, Bobby Jindal was on that stage. I think actually Chris Christie was on it the first time around and then actually then made it up to the, you know, to the big league. Yeah. Um, What's her name from Minnesota, too, was also on there the first time. Uh, I, I I've already had my brain erased. By Michelle the, Bachman. All right. Yeah. My yeah. TikTok has wiped my brain of anything that happened pre 2016. Too um, wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's why they did it this method with the two different dates in order, at least I would think, to avoid a situation like the Republican Party had because that was a shit show and a lot of people then were pointing to that as being that that was maybe one of the ways that then got Trump into be which is bullshit that's actually that, that's just yeah. hard to make that case that's weird because like I don't think um yeah I don't think people um care too much about debates in a, to a certain extent so like I mean I think I think we've mentioned before on the show but like debates have this issue of like if you go in watching a debate with a candidate in mind people who watch debates people yeah. who are political junkies um like ourselves to a certain extent no only you are uh, only me <laughs> um, they you go in with a candidate in mind you probably your thoughts on these people already preformed uh beto o'rourke baby <laughs> beto 2020 um, the you know. logo is so simple. There's a O at the end of both of those. Beto and 2020 in the same character. I can visualize the logo in my head if it already doesn't exist. Anyway, uh, these... So there's very little chance that a debate is actually going to change your mind. The only purpose that a debate possibly serves is like... Well, first of all, the obvious one is it's, a, it's fodder for the media to like just... Go ham with footage. Oh, yeah. Did you see how long the entire event is if you watch it on YouTube for, M- for N- like NBC? Three hours or so, is no, it? Five hours. Five oh, fucking hours of coverage. Have. I'm not going to sit there and watch the like the pre-game show yeah. and then like the post-game interviews. Fucking like, up. horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Um, the U.S. deserves Trump because of that type yeah. of you know spectacle around it. And Should be able to summarize your platform in a TikTok video. Uh, I'm all about TikTok now. (laughs) I want to see Bernie hitting the woe. (laughs) When will Booker do the uwu meme? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's go into who was actually on each of these fucking nights. Um, Night one, Thursday, June 26th, we had, and this is an order of like, Who's Your 2020 <laughs> Democratic presidential candidates? I don't know how to... Yeah. Is that the Mortal Kombat theme? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I don't know. No, no, it's not. Let's get ready for this. Yeah, Mortal Kombat theme. That'd be good. All right. Um, In order of, like, average polling, Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Booker, Klobuchar, Castro... Gabbard, Ryan, Inslee, de Blasio, Delaney. And the answer to most of those is, f- fucking who? <laughs> who are any of these people? Yeah, no point of even giving you the first names because they're going to drop out. In, yeah. In... Um, 
I'm not going to learn to pronounce half of these correctly. Well, Ryan, yeah, sure. I'm sure he's also Mexican. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the first night. And the second night, we'll get into it later, I guess. But like the second night was Biden, Sanders, Buttigieg, Harris, Yang, Gillibrand, Hickenlooper, Williamson, Bennett, Swalwell. Swalwell. Yeah, yeah I, again, he's going to drop out on Monday. Yeah, right. Guarantee it. Like, yeah. I guarantee you that then, like, half of these names, like, I think that's also the point of it, too, yeah. is that there's no point of watching any of these debates this early because I think all in all, um, the average candidate, like, average big name candidate maybe got, like, three or four questions asked, asked to them yeah. on both um, on both uh, nights. So if you really wanted to see someone get dunked on by another person, there were a few moments, which we'll get to, that are just absolutely hilarious, I thought, was one of them, especially with Joe Biden. Yeah. But nonetheless, it was very just kind of like trying to get their talking points out as fast as they possibly could. And, you know, I think the actual debate itself was only actually an hour and a half. Yeah, fair. So so everyone technically gets a little bit over then 10 minutes if it's divided up fairly. Then. Equally, yeah. So... I guess before we talk about some of the people of the first night that we actually want to talk about, let's uh, let's let's quickly mention the other ones. And let's just let's okay. Hot take factory. Here we go, Nick. Um, these are the ones we don't really want to talk about extensively. So quickly, we're not going to talk about them at all. Yeah, basically, just, um, Castro. Uh, no, I think Julian Castro actually like we could talk about a little bit. I think okay. he, I think he did all right. I'm not like I do not see him becoming the president, but no. he at least saved himself the you know. Um, as being the only um, Latino person on stage, yeah, <laughs> refrained from speaking Spanish except for like that he said that he is Julian Castro, yeah, <laughs> which was like you know a solid move that he wasn't trying to pander, which yeah. is cool. Um, I think his points were very just straightforward. Like this is the thing too is that I think the thing I really liked about all this is that it really showed how far Bernie had moved Pushed this discussion to the left. At the least first debate definitely did that. Yeah. yeah. And and now if they're actually going to go through with it is 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 um questionable and mm-hmm. that's why I still am you know iffy and why I you know no one has convinced me to change my mind about who I'm going to vote for on that because yeah. Bernie's the only one who's actually come forth and said I'm you know sticking to this yeah but yeah no I mean yeah Julian Castro there yeah he um he had some good talking points but then again I can't actually remember a single one off the top of my head fair enough so. But all in all, like he, he came off professionally, if that's what people are looking for. So, Timothy John Ryan. Uh, Tim Ryan, yeah. just a very old-school liberal war hawk mm. that we kind of don't like really see anymore. Got Just gotten a, a tussle with Tulsi Gabbard because he wanted to bomb Iran. <laughs> like, that is the only thing he's, he's memorable for. Uh, that was a weird exchange. That was like... Uh, yeah, because I'll get I'll get to that when we talk about Tulsi Gabbard because she's a mess. Yeah. So uh, another one of the ones that we're not really going to talk about, Jay Inslee. Don't know. Don't Co- care. Yep. Yep. He- I don't remember. I don't even remember what he fucking looks like. Uh, you ever watch like a cartoon or a show from the nineties where they had to have like a stand-in president, like so the show didn't <laughs> become dated? <laughs> they were just like guy, old man with gray hair. It's yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, um, yeah. I, I still don't remember him being on that stage. That's fair. Um, Bill De Blasio. Yeah. Um, what 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 can you say about Bill De Blasio? Except for one, he's not going to be president too. Like all the hatred from everyone in New York towards him um, 
should be enough proof to you that this man could not be president. Yeah. And everyone in New York hates you because you were mayor of New York and ran it terribly. Everyone outside of New York hates you because you were the mayor of New York and they hate New York. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I, I don't trust Bill de Blasio because of something even dumber that Bill de Blasio is the mayor of New York and is a Boston Red Sox fan, which you don't, that's, that's not a thing. Why can't the teams in my city be more racist? <laughs> what? No. It's like just, Boston. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. For uh, Europeans who do not know, the hmm. Yankees and the Red Sox have the biggest re- rivalry uh, in baseball. I see. So it's kind of like a thing that I, I don't know what like dark magic he had to pull in order to become the mayor of there. Because it's like, you know, like you're a Mets fan, you're a Yankees fan, that's fine. But like, come on, like that's not... And he's from New York too, which is even fucking weirder. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like a weird... Do you not feel like there was a, like an army of like lanyard nerds and like interns talking to you being like... You're a Mets fan now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like just, just, you're mayor of New York. <laughs> because I can just imagine like how many fucking people are just like in New York being like, Bill de Blasio, don't know any of the fucking policies. But, you know, fucking Sox fan. Fuck him. And they also probably are Italian-Americans who vote Republican anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, okay. And then the last one is, uh, what's his name? Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to make a quick aside. John Delaney was the last one and he really looks like that guy from king of the hill um the the neighbor who was always in the white <laughs> <laughs> um, i think it's bob was the name king of the hill was bobby is oh no uh i'm getting my king of the hill knowledge question questioned here I'm very, uh, the neighbor who was always like the whole joke of that neighbor was just he was just dumb as shit um yeah yeah he really looks like him and it's funny he was nothing. He was barely there. The thing, I, the only thing I remember about him is that he was getting like way too excited speaking, so it made it look even more comical. <laughs> well, yeah, he. This is the guy who wasn't the lowest in the wrong. He's uh, he's managed to consistently pull one percent. Which, keep in mind, in a decently run poll, that could be a statistical error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what state he's from. I frankly don't care. I'm not going to look at anything else about. Actually, doesn't say. <laughs> See, oh, Maryland, Maryland. Um, but yeah, he's consistently he's polled one percent in five polls, which is the lowest out of anyone this night. Yeah, and yeah, I think that we're being fair to all these people um, by not talking about half of them. Yeah, because we're not going to see them or hear of this them. Podcast to be three hours long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, I'm not going to do the whole like you know we're not going to do the whole pod safe thing. But yeah, you know, John Delaney though really could come up because of this like one sentence that he said could that could really you know yeah. uh, you know convince voters. No, fuck it. When John Delaney uh, started talking about propane and propane, <laughs> hey, you know, you got my vote. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those five, aside from Tim Ryan's uh, tussle with Tulsi Gabbard, are completely worthless. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bill de Blasi just kept doing, being like, look at it, such a great job I'm doing in New York City. And it's like, um, uh, do you not see, like, it's like the fucking dog whose house is on fire meme. It's like, oh, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. Well, it's like it's always like when you look at New York from far away, it seems fine. Yeah. The, the and I guess if you're comparing anything to Michael Bloomberg, yes, that all is also like, yeah, Bill De Blasio is is much better than him, I guess. But that's not saying anything. Um, there there is like, I think there's people who have said this before. There's like two New Yorks, but I think to be fair, there's like five six different new yorks there are the five boroughs there we go (laughs) but like 
there is that side of New York that you only see on like in photos of swanky coffee table magazines that like a dentist that you would never purchase yourself. Like, yeah, yeah that like New York, like New York from a distance looks great and it's profitable. Uh, oh, like that big poster that like suburban white moms have like in their, uh, in their oh, kitchens. Oh, the like done in like Art Nouveau, not Art Nouveau, but like, um, oh, what was the 50s? It's like a black and white photo or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. New York has like a very good image but a shit ton of problems due to Bill de Blasio and how insanely crooked he is. Anyway, people we actually want to talk about, and I think first we should talk about, because he came out the gate fucking swinging, Beto. Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> uh, he convinced me. Yeah. I, um, I thought that was the greatest exchange in like recent debate history. You should probably Excluding describe Excluding Donald Trump moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That was... So, Beto O'Rourke gets a question. His very first question was about... Um, it was about the high tax rate. High tax rate, yeah. 70% tax rate yeah. for top earners or whatever that whole you know discussion is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just answers, um, uh, yo soy Beto O'Rourke, uh, nosotros una economía. Donde, es Donde la está la biblioteca. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was the coolest answer, and he he did the coolest tactic of speaking Spanish to avoid answering the question, and then they kept asking, like, are you in favor of this? And then he just responded in English and in Spanish again, yeah. the same thing, practically. He's like, I'm for an economy for everyone that then works, and that we all work together. Yeah. Um, uh, yo soy Beto O'Rourke. I think, he, I think he said he'd be happy at like 28 or 48%. Which is like a 2% increase. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's disgusting. Um, <clears throat> that like happened. Like I said, okay, so... True, he finally actually did answer the question, which is like a completely just nonsensically yeah, like, low was, number. They actually pres- like He actually pushed him to the point of where he basically stated he's just a fucking ridiculously corporate dem. Um, so I can't stress how early on in the debate this was. It so was like, like first five minutes. Yeah, like so Warren got a question, then Beto, because they went in order of like who's the highest in this round. So the Warren first, then Beto, and he just goes on this fucking screed in Spanish. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know for certain if any of the moderators actually speak Spanish. Uh yeah, one of them does. Okay, that's why then uh, later on then too because Beto did this flex, mm. and then the moderator asked Beto a question in Spanish, and then Beto just kind of did the thing that uh, just like nodding, and I don't know if he actually understood the question or not because he didn't actually mm. give a response. Interesting. I like. I get the impression from um, people who speak Spanish that he is like. Oh, what is it like C two or something? Like he is pretty fucking competent, but he is in no way close to like fluent. He definitely wouldn't pass as like a native speaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, B two or whatever. Or yeah, like he's there, not. Yeah. He's not bilingual, but like throw him in the middle of like Latin America with like a knife, he'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> well, he might die for other reasons, but you know what I'm saying. Um, that was just fucking ridiculous. How else do we think he did for the rest of the debate? Horrible, horrible. Beto O'Rourke did the worst. Yeah, I would argue Beto O'Rourke um, should just drop out because he th- the continuous. 
One, he never actually did answer a question, yeah. and just continuously stumbling over himself in order to pander to you know uh, 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 Latinx voters mm-hmm. was just disgusting. Mm. It got and Cory Booker tried the same thing, and um, it's just funny. There's like the, you know that meme kind of going around if you've seen it of just like. Cory Booker's reaction when Beto starts doing it because he's like, shit, he stole my thing that I wanted to do. Right. And the Democrats do have a big, much bigger problem of this than I would say the Republicans do just of recent years of... Appealing to Latinx voters? Well, no, but just using identity instead of then actually using um, platform and policy yep. in general. Because then the entire discussion that then came around that was like, oh... Um, which Bernie got grilled on about that later on, and we'll get to that. But was the idea then about then you know voting in the first blank president, which is like fine and cool if that happens to happen. But I want for me personally, like I needs to be someone that then also has the policies behind that. And I guess yeah. that, that can then lead us on to our next person, who actually is someone who fits those categories, who is. Probably, I would say, the best person on the stage that night, which was Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, so for anyone who watched that, uh, that was basically the Elizabeth Warren show, that debate. So for me, a huge problem about how they sorted this like whole where everyone went, which, which debate night happened, is that like, so Beto O'Rourke was the uh, second highest consistently polling person in that first round. He's gotten like 10.3% out of 23 polls. And 23 is like the most polls anyone's been in because, yeah, he was well, he was like one of the earliest contenders. Mm-hmm. He announced yeah. pretty early, whatever. Um, but to put that into perspective... I guess you can do that when you have n- spare time on your hands from losing an election against Ted Cruz. Yeah, and he had a lot of momentum after, like directly after the midterms to actually like launch and say, hey, I'm doing this. And now yeah, that's fizzled out because that was ages ago or will be ages ago once it actually matters. Um... But to put that into context, the top four people in the second night are all above him, even though he's like the second. Um, Warren is like the third highest mm-hmm. of all the people consistently polling. So naturally, like she's ahead by six points of Beto. So yeah, she was going to wipe the floor with everyone else in that fucking thing because she is having a moment now. Um, she is a competent politician. Um She's out of all those people. I think she's had like way more impact on society, except maybe Bill De Blasio. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing I think that's interesting too with, but Elizabeth Warren, I would say indirectly, again, like 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 I said before about how Bernie has changed the discussion so much. Yeah, she even admits it. Yeah. When they asked her about Medicare for all, and they're all like, you know, trying to, you know, doing the gotcha thing of like, you're voting with Bernie, this and that and that. And she's like, yeah, I am. And I think that that, like, at least for me, that kind of showed that then, like, Bernie's still the better candidate. Yeah. You know, Bernie is the one who's responsible for this, you know, I mean, given much, a lot of critiques that we can get about Bernie, you know, when we talk about him. Mm. But nonetheless, the discussion's been push- pushed further because of him. Um, everyone's trying to, you know, catch up to him. And they're having this moment because the Democratic Party does not want him as the nomination. Yeah. You know, even to the point that then I would probably say that when 
if and when he does get the nomination, you're going to see these bizarre independent candidates try to then come up and run against him. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you tried to see with the Republicans find a candidate uh, to run against Trump. Like, I think, like, David French was going to run against Jesus. him. So, who's a conservative commentator for if you guys don't know. Yeah. Um, so, I do legitimately see that as the ultimate goal here is that, yes, Elizabeth Warren did the best. Elizabeth Warren had the best policy put forward. She has admitted to that, um, you know, she's not admitted, that's the wrong way. She has gotten behind Medicare for All, which is the only option for the United States. Don't give me this, you know, nonsense about how you can have a private-public partnership Uh, of insurance because the U.S., like, yes, it is true. Some countries like Germany have a system like this. Yeah. Um, That would just but the, the the main problem in the US is still how much power the insurance companies have. Mm-hmm. So if you have a system like that put into power like put into place there it's still going to be steered by market yeah. forces. Or here in Germany it's steered by non-market forces actually for the most part. So, you know, just to get that clarification out of the way. Uh, you know, free college for all. Yeah. Uh, you know, forgiving, you know, debt forgiveness of uh of of student loans. She's in favor of more like restructuring yeah, debt or all which of is that. at least no, she. It's it's like partial debt forgiveness and then restructuring, then the rest of your loans because uh, mm. college student loans are the only thing that you can't restructure in the United States, right? Which is a bill that a lot of these people actually signed on to yep. to um, make sure that that happens. So yeah, it is it is what it is. She did the best, but she's still playing catch up, and that's the way that I just continuously saw it. Yeah. So for me. Um my opinion on Warren is if she gets the nomination, I won't be upset. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, she will not win against Trump, though. That, yeah. is, that is the thing, though, is that she cannot deal with Trump's just erratic methods of, of how... Like, first off, Trump has already destroyed her on multiple occasions because of her stupid Native American thing. Yeah. Which is her fault. She should have dropped that years ago, but then kept going on with it. And... She is polling well amongst Democrats. That's fine, but when you look at then her polls in comparison to Trump, mm. she like yeah. barely beats him in in in. So I, like I'm not gonna not gonna talk about like how these people would fare against Trump. I I think only a few of them would actually handle it well, and I probably agree with you. Um, if but basically I'm not going to be like. If people in the U.S. talk about you know you need to get in line once the Democratic candidate's been put in place, which I think is kind of bullshit to a certain extent, but she's only like one of the only candidates that I wouldn't be entirely happy with, but I would happily get in line yeah. uh, with. Uh, probably actually the only one other than Sanders, which I would support. Yeah. I, my take on Warren is that she has this like fundamental flaw of like, when she has all these really well thought out policies, which is great and how to implement them, which is also great. But the thing is that I don't think she understands or a lot of people who support her don't understand, is that she doesn't really seem to have a concept of, because she's not a politician, she's a technocrat, she doesn't have this concept of, like, an opening position in, like, a um, in a negotiation. Because, like, when she opens with, we're going to forgive some debt, we're going to restructure, we're going to, like, this kind of, like, very wonked-out thing that isn't just forgive all student debt, like, what happens to that when it goes through the ringer of, congress the republican party every other thing trying to like push her back yeah. whereas if you get like sanders position of forgive all student debt 
when it goes through that fucking horrifying machine, it'll probably just end up being Warren's policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the thing is that you had that. That is the exact problem that then happened with Barack Obama, hmm. of that you had a Democrat controlled every you know level the executive branch of government um, uh, and legislative. I don't. I don't yeah, were the Supreme Court even controlled by Democrats as it, well? I think it was, yeah. I think everything, yeah, at the, at the federal level. first two years. For the first two years. And they, I mean, with, with the health healthcare policy, what did they want to plan? They wanted to uh, a pass, they wanted to pass a, a watered-down Heritage Foundation plan. Yeah. And then when you bring that up to, like, to, to people who are adamant supporters of Obamacare, they'll just give you this, like, oh, it wasn't exactly that plan. It's like, well, no, of course it wasn't, but it's still, it was a conservative plan from the 90s when conservatives were still open to a public option and stuff like that. Yeah. Now that's completely off the table. So why would you have just not done everything in your power to pass the most radical healthcare policy that you could have instead of then which then people would which would have actually worked yeah and would not have because it's still like the problem that obamacare has is it's still dependent on market forces and that have pummeled that program into the ground that you know like friends of mine in in the u.s who they're like you know on the market to get insurance and like yeah like um the lowest option that i found was four hundred dollars a month Oof. I'm like that is fucking insane. Yeah, like, that's yeah, yeah. like in no way did it become more affordable. That's rent in some parts of the states. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, your 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 employer will cover it if you're above. What is it? Is either 29 or 39 hours. Mm. And so what then you saw that happened after Obamacare is that a lot a lot of employers started then you know doing weekly hours at the one hour below below that. Hours yeah, or yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So um, there was easy loopholes around that. Then everyone could be like, "Oh, you know, sorry, hey, we can't cover you, so but you can go on the market." Oh, hey, you know, your 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 insurance is now four hundred dollars a fucking month. Well, you know, shit, we can't do anything about that for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that they've like, I don't know, it's 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 an absolute mess. Um, I have not met a single person who actually then, in you know, the years after it's been passed, who then actually then been like, yeah, like you know, I really like Obamacare. It's like, yeah, Obamacare gave me insurance, but. It's still yeah. expensive. It still follows within the things of, of you know, like deductibles and the weird payment situations that you have in the U.S., yeah. which doesn't exist in a system, in a you know, truly universal healthcare system. Like, yeah, Germany's maybe a private, public mishmash of things, but I go to the doctor, I don't pay anything. I get surgery on basic things, I don't, I don't fucking pay anything. Yeah. You know, if I need medication, it's significantly lower than what it is in the United States. You know, typically, you know, most medication, depending on, unless it's like cancer medication, is entirely covered by by your uh, uh by your insurance provider um prices are rising in germany you know that is a problem mm. german system is not perfect the nhs used to be like one of the best examples for this until then austerity you know the, right. you know there there are like these systems aren't bulletproof and we're seeing that then how even in europe they're being slowly you know hacked away at by you know neoliberalism and austerity but the 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 answer in the united states isn't that yeah you know so Preserve your healthcare systems if you have them, and the U.S. needs a better one. Um, I just my last little thing on Warren is for me the ideal outcome would be Warren still does effectively what she's been doing for the last X amount of years, but under a Sanders presidency. I think she would actually get a lot of what she wants to get done. Yeah, because ultimately she is a technocrat. I think where she falls down is like things like leadership and being a bit bulldogish like you said i like you don't have much confidence in her none. 
against even when Trump. Like, there's there's a really good interview, really good, but I mean really bad interview. But it's a good yeah. example of this with Elizabeth Warren is that she was confronted by the Breakfast Club. If no one knows who that is, they're a they're a uh, ragtag group of teens. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're they're, the all, they're all in detention. There is yeah. the plot. <laughs> the jocks. Go yeah. On. The Breakfast Club uh, is, uh, I don't know, maybe in that one, or maybe, maybe in the hot, whatever, hot 97.9 thing or whatever, but it's a... Um, oh, it's morning radio, is Morning it? radio uh, hip-hop. Okay. And I think it's the one with Charlemagne the God, who, if no one knows, Charlemagne has been relatively pro-Bernie Sanders, very mm. openly so, um, is a very annoying caricature, a character, but nonetheless will grill politicians about this stuff. If, if no one remembers, it's the same people who interviewed Hillary Clinton and her answer about um, if she had hot that that like something with like race relations and stuff like that was that she had hot sauce in her bag, <laughs> and they thought it was the corniest shit ever, and it is the corniest shit ever. Yeah, so uh, Elizabeth Warren went on to like this show, and they like grilled her about being a Republican for majority of her political career, not political, but uh, being registered as a Republican when she was teaching at Harvard and stuff like yeah. that, like as a law professor too. And she just tried to pull this whole thing of like, Oh, I was just, you know, I was just, you know, um, um, uh, uh, I wasn't aware. I wasn't, I, I wasn't political. I wasn't this, I wasn't, that's like a fuck off. Like you're, you're teaching at a university, uh, one of the top universities in the country. Like you were political. So it's like, she has problems like that. She cannot answer. She can't admit that then like that she fucked up or whatever. Um, and, the the what's it called the 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 race science thing is gonna is gonna fuck with her if yeah, she, she gets keeps getting called Pocahontas by yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and the you know the the fucking Trump fans love that shit yeah and they don't like Elizabeth Warren so like yeah so that's that's our thoughts on Warren and we spent a lot of time on her but like I said earlier this was basically the first debate was the Warren show she performed quite well. I'm willing to be proven wrong about all this stuff. She could, like, cop on to a certain extent and, like, be able to fight this shit. Like I said, I would not be very disappointed if she ends up being the nomination, uh, unlike almost everyone else in this lineup. Yeah. Yeah. But let's go on to the uh, one of the others we haven't talked about, uh, Booker, Cory Booker. So I think we mentioned him briefly in his whole, like, he also spoke Spanish, yeah, God, that was that was that was embarrassing. Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> yeah, um, Cory Booker. The only thing that then I like, I thought that was impressive was him that he actually was he was the one who brought up like trans rights. Mm. Interesting that he yeah. was the one who brought it up, but still, like, good that the discussion's actually like happening because in 2016 it was not. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's all I have to really take out of him. He's not going to become president. He doesn't no. have a chance. No, he's pulling at like four percent. Um, yeah, and he did not do well. All in all, except for the, you know, except for that. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, So we talked about Booker, Beto, Warren, and the only two people we have left that we want to really kind of nod at is Klobuchar and Gabbard. Who wanted her? Yeah, Klobuchar just was like, like, I don't know. She kind of just like reminded me of like that like suburban kind of. She has to speak to the manager haircut. She doesn't speak to manager haircut, and she has like that pretend nice Midwestern sort of thing. Mm. But I mean, obviously, we know what the stuff about her, like you know, throwing binders at her, you know, interns and stuff like that. That she like yeah. is, you know, she's a crazy bitch, she's aggressive, and, 
and that should and I don't mean that in the sense that it's uh, uh, I mean that strictly in the sense of the Buck Cherry song that that should be her anthem (laughs) yeah so like and she fucking she probably gets down to that song like we know that you know (laughs) to a certain extent I would really like to just see her like go based on the stories I've heard of her I would like her to do that to yeah, with like b- Trump on debates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, before someone tries to fucking cancel me for calling her a crazy bitch, I meant it of the song. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> not the Come horrible um, entourage. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Aren't you and Stacy still dating? Yo, man, she was crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not that way. Like in the sense that she has, she has this very weird Midwestern vibe. She, um, she was a member of the Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, it's an affiliate of the Democratic Party. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's not anything cool. But yeah, she that sounds like it could be radical, though, right? <laughs> like based on that title alone. Go on. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. She just kind of uh scared me. Yep. In a weird way, yeah. like uh, the way that she talked reminded me of someone I think who like worked at my high school who was like always very like pretend nice, but then was just like absolutely ruthless and that's it that's the only thing that could remind me and she is that way like we know from how she she um works however up uh, yeah not gonna be president um horrible public speaker yeah <laughs> the yeah. most boring person on that stage by far was her and obviously john delaney because i can't well actually no he was more interesting because he looked comical but yeah he looks like a clown he's, yeah. he's adorable i want him to be like do you, do you ever do you ever have like an uncle or like a friend of your father who just never got innuendo and he would just like, yes. just like smile through everything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's John Delaney. Um, so yeah, and then the last one is Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, she is a, a mixed bag of everything because she's loved by neoconservatives, just conservatives in general. Mm. Um, she has a very weird backstory because if uh, the first thing that she did when she like you know comes out and talks is that like i served and you know yeah. this is every single answer started with that it got so annoying uh first off i found out too there was like some weird video of her like working out before the debates holy shit she's like ripped yeah like she f- could uh defeat anyone in her path physically yeah if it was like it was if it was a physical fight at the end of this, remember that like weird Hillary Clinton versus Trump standing debate thing that yeah. they did? Yeah, if that was just like a small blood arena, I would either put money on, well, Gabbard because she's swole. Uh, unlike swole wall, she is a swole wall. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then um, Klobuchar because, well, especially if they're allowed to pick weapons and she picked Oh, God, yeah, yeah. She picked like a mace or something. Yeah, and then yeah, just... yeah. What are those like really heavy ass things? A hole, a hole puncher. Those things that punch holes in, like, but they always weigh like 50 tons oh, yeah. and they're solid and she'd metal. throw that at Trump. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool, true. Um, yeah, no. Uh, that was. So Tulsi Gabbard, obviously, as she mentioned a thousand times over, was. Uh, wasn't, she served. She served. Yeah. Um, but a lot of her positions are very conservative. She also has been no, she actually had to apologize on stage, which I find it very weird that that's when she decided to apologize and not beforehand about her homophobic statements that she has made before. Yeah. Um, I I wonder if it's elsewhere, but just didn't get any notice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she kind of used pulling at 1.3%. Yeah. Um, she came off really good because she had that tussle with Tim Ryan. That's his name, right? Yeah. 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 Timothy Ryan. Yeah. Um, about, 
how he just wanted to like you know firebomb Iran, and her thing has been that she doesn't want the U.S. involved in any more conflicts. That being said, yeah. she's not actually anti-imperialist. She is kind of just like isolationist, if that makes any difference. Yeah, so there is like that weird kind of... She really likes Russia and really likes Bashar al-Assad. I have to emphasize that a lot. She met Bashar al-Assad yeah. in 2014, I believe it was. So I guess it's kind of... Which is it, fine, but, you know... Yeah. It's that kind of like... It's that Republican anti-war. Exactly. Yeah, where it's like, we don't... Because we love the troops so much, we don't want to put them on the ground. Which, to be fair, is why also a lot of people on the left are opposed to war. Yeah. But, like, it's not necessarily that there's, like, any kind of... There doesn't seem to be any kind of sympathy for the people on the other sides, like the Iraqis. And then at the same time, it's just, like, a belief that we could probably get American imperial interests done via diplomacy and economics yeah which you know to be fair you probably could yeah so that was that's the thing that i think is so interesting with her is that she she has this interesting facade of coming off as one thing and to be fair she is the candidate most liked by conservatives yeah which is um uh she also is has met and shown a lot of support to um Modi, the president of India. Yeah. So she's also not consistent in like prime minister, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, prime minister. Sorry. Yeah. We'll get added. <laughs> uh, whatever. I don't give a shit. So yeah, even in that sense, she comes off of just like kind of like will underwrite right wing leaders in other countries. Um, just an absolute mess. Again, I used to think earlier. I think a lot of people used to think earlier too that she was anti-imperialist because of this very bizarre, weird way of going about it. She's also extremely pro-Israel. Yeah, she got um, one of the weird facts about her, but not really about her, is that before the gravel teens happened, Mike Gravel, this was like his candidate of choice. Yeah, this is who he supported. Um, which is interesting. It was kind of like he had a position of like he supported. Sanders and Warren, but on foreign policy, supported Gabbard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to be fair, I think we talked about this off mic, foreign policy is this like, huge gap in the entirety of the Democratic, like, on all of these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, Including yeah. the people we support. Yeah, they're all horrible at this. And it kind of, like, at the end of both of these nights, I just kind of, like, came to the conclusion that they, there are only two genders, and they are Russia and China. Yeah. <laughs> you uh you like that for some reason was always like who's the biggest threat to the united states and you either get the really dumb guy answer of donald trump <laughs> yeah. um or um russia or china and then i you know uh climate change warren's said climate change warren's said climate change which I and there were some is, dumb uh there were just some dumb chud takes of what language do they speak in climate change yeah i can't remember who made that one but get fucked um yeah. But everyone is still like all these people are fucking insane at the end of the day when it comes to like that question, especially on foreign policy. It always comes in the sense of of actually Andrew Yang had the best take about that, which was the weirdest thing. We will get to that. Yeah. But it always came down to the sense about how the United States has to remain, you know, military superpower. NATO has to stay stronger than ever. Um, which isn't actually anything different than what Trump says. And people think that then Trump appeases Russia and that he appeases, you know, dictators and whatnot. The fact that then actually Trump is speaking to North Korea 
is actually a good thing. I don't know why that then had to be like drilled down that like Trump is speaking to a dictator. Americans would never do that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, fuck. Like, I, what little, about all of South America? <laughs> like, I'm a little, um, because I definitely, I've heard the like track record of Trump in regards to like his interaction with Russia. And it's just like, yeah, the, the American machine is still just being like very aggressive towards Russia. Like, yeah, there's sanctions on Russia. Yeah. That he, he, like, like, he, they armed, I think the biggest one is they armed a bunch of Ukrainian like militias. Yeah. yeah under Trump. Also neo-Nazi groups. That yeah. Happen yeah. To, you know, <laughs> Ukrainian militia is just the modern term for neo-Nazi groups. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, all of them were horrible about that. Yeah. Um, when it came to them, foreign policy questions, it just was like different flavors of con- the continuous imperialism, even the Tulsi- Washington consensus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even Tulsi Gabbard still just gave you a slightly different flavor of it. Like you were saying that then it would probably be of the U S flexing its international influence, but yeah. through, cause she, she even said like, I want to preserve NATO and this and that and that. So she isn't like, yeah, I there's mean, a little bit of like what Trump said pre-election in terms of foreign policy. Yeah, going exactly. There, right? We need to, like Iraq was a mistake and we need to pull out. Yeah. 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 Um, and that leads us to the second night, Friday, June 27th, 2019. Yes. The Kings and Queens of the, of the democratic party. Yeah. Um, this is the night that was packed with like, it was worse. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, it was I actually, horrible. I did not watch this one. Um, you just watched the clips. I watched TikTok, uh, which is presidential private. Which, you know, as someone who lives in Europe, that probably has more influence of the culture. Um, okay, so yeah, just to kind of give it influence of just like the disparity here is... Okay, Biden, 37%, Sanders, 26%, Bujaj, 13%, Harris, 11%, next on the list, Yang, one7 <laughs> And it's all downhill from there. Oh, God. So, let's go through quickly the people we do not really intend on talking about. And the first one, I guess, is Yang. You you said Yang had a particularly interesting foreign policy point. Oh, yeah, he was the only one who actually, like, on stage had said that that the U.S. should be working with China, which is true. That yeah, is, especially for for uh, conquering, you know, the the current threat of climate change, um, and I mean, not going to war with something incredibly fucking stupid. <laughs> we must defend these tiny rocks in the South China Sea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, China is. Because uh, everyone looks at China as being like the number one polluter in the world. However, they mostly it's just they're. They pollute so much because they produce shit for the West. Yeah. Um, the like steps that China has taken in terms of uh, he mentioned AI, but the steps that they've taken, especially in green technologies, is significantly more than any Western country has done. Given out of, completely out of, out of necessity, um, they're very you know weird socialism with Chinese characteristic characteristics. Um, yeah, it's actually pretty good at like doing these massive scale projects. Yeah, it's always weird when you see like um I remember I think it was Turning Point USA always had these like memes where they were like, look at this Chinese train station that was built in like two weeks. Everyone's like So, so you're in favor of communism with Chinese characters? What's going on here? You're a Maoist now? Yeah. You're at least Dengus? What's going on? Nonetheless, that was smart of Andrew Yang. Everything else, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't even talk about UBI. I was very upset about that. I wanted to hear his like bird-brained idea about UBI. 
Interesting. Yeah, because that's this whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is... It's one of those... Okay, so I think... I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but, like, UBI is one of those things that I, like, kind of support, where it's, like... I just really distrust when it's, like, a Silicon Valley person saying it. Yeah. Like, yeah. when some, It's one of those things, like, when someone on the left says open borders, hear them out. When someone from Silicon Valley says open borders, Jesus Christ, run for the hills. <laughs> um, UBI is kind of something very similar. Oh, yeah. It's execution with, like, someone like Yang would be fucking... It'd be like if, if Mark Zuckerberg got his view of, of UBI, which is just to keep a reserve... Yeah. labor force and then there's also like the fact that i think yang is also in favor of this i'm not sure if he's actually specified but like uh basically removing every other social benefit in favor of ubi which yeah, yeah. the only one that i can see a rationale for is removing unemployment because that's kind of like the point of ubi is essentially that everyone gets a form of unemployment but like everything else like i've seen people argue that you should get rid of disability payments i'm like what <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I always have that weird, that weird uh, uh, kind of conflict of whenever like people bring up the thing about like, okay, if the U.S. introduces this, mm-hmm. got to get rid of something else. Well, yeah, that's you can't, that's you can't have these two things coexist with one another because there's just not enough money, even though the U.S. can like literally make money with the snap of their fingers. Well, that's that's the issue with um, the framing of UBI, usually from like Silicon Valley weirdos like Yang, yeah. is that they will say we're giving we're going to the benefit or how it appeals to conservatives is you're streamlining the social security net uh which is true getting one payment would be better than going through all the fucking means testing bullshit that like you now have to go through to get social security payments the thing is it's that view of like that's where the money comes from because there's another place the money can come from that you specifically would not like to talk about. Yeah. And so you're like either your income, if you're like a Bezos level, uh, Silicon Valley guy or you know, he's Seattle, but whatever the fuck, uh, or your tax dodging companies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, that, but like this also kind of goes down to the fact that like the left in the U S particularly like fetishizes taxing way too much. Yeah. They you need get into to, like, they need to drop that whole thing about that. Like, and I think it's, it's good that then finally, um, candidates have started only focusing on taxing mega wealthy people mm-hmm. because that is that's actually how you redistribute wealth. Taxation itself is just to fund programs, but if you want to have a redistribute redistributive taxing, then that's a different discussion. But still, like taxation alone is not going to change the, your relationship to the workplace. Yeah, you know. So there has to be like you cannot only have hope in this. I think that the that the discussion is moving at least within left groups that this is not this cannot be your only hope yeah um and i think in europe it's actually been better with that with the discussions of like the green new deal because that's not done through taxation at all yeah there's the, the um the what is bonds. it modern monetary economic theory yeah, yeah. is like way more popular this side of the atlantic than the u.s yeah, yeah. and it's it's catching on and like aoc is a, a fan of 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 mmt, MMT yeah so, like, that is a legitimate future for a country that's as, as wealthy as the United States that has its own central bank and shit like that. Yep. And I think candidates can actually start then, um, especially, like, debt cancellation, like what Sanders is talking about, mm-hmm. that you cannot have that within a framework that is not something similar to that. You know, what are you, like, going to tax people more? I mean, okay, yeah, given, okay, if you get, you know, tax increases for extremely wealthy people, that's a different story. Like, the amount of revenue... 
that then is uh, not revenue. The amount of just like you know money that then is pumped back into the U.S. economy that mm-hmm. way into the you know U.S. social services and stuff like that is great and cool. Um, but it also has to be made like within like the legal format of then like maintaining that these people cannot fucking get out of it either. Yeah, like you know, which is whatever whole yeah. different topic. Um, yeah, but otherwise, aside from that, Andrew Yang was just worth forgetting. Yeah, and like yeah, you yeah. said, he was at one point three percent. he's gonna drop out. Um, he's one point seven. One point seven. Okay, <laughs> but like again, like uh, in all of these kind of polls, this is an aggregate of polls, which is better. But usually, these polls are with like a thousand survey people, which means there is like a three percent margin of error. Yeah. So yeah, anything below three percent is suspect. Um. Next on our list of people we're not going to talk about for a great length of time, Gillibrand or Gillibrand. I don't know. I think it's Gillibrand. Oh, interesting. I don't care. Uh, yeah, it was, I guess, suspected that. What's she pulling at, by the way? 1.3. Okay, good. Because um, it was expected that then this was going to be her moment to, like, you know, to, to jump out and really stand as, you know, being one of the, the contenders. And she had that problem that we're going to get to more when we talk about Bernie, that then that this comes down to an issue of identity. Right. Because her closing statement was about like how I'm going to be the first woman president. And it's like, that didn't work in 2016. Please do not. If that's what you're going to go against Trump with in 2020, you've already lost. Yeah. Because that's not like the thing about Trump that then was so enticing to people is one, his personality and two, that although no one ever wants to admit this, Trump did address like things that were similar within, uh, you know, not directly like wealth inequality and stuff like that. But it was clear that then like Trump noticed that there was something wrong in quotes in the yeah. United States, and his you know remedy for it was horrible. Is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he had like people forget, but he had policy positions that he vocalized quite clearly. Yeah. Now, if those policy positions have have you know. Uh, been applied is very weird because now there's this cult of personality around him that I think is bigger than the actual thing. Of oh, what for he's sure. Doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but like the Muslim ban was a policy position that they genuinely tried. Mm-hmm. Build the wall is a policy position that he's kind of trying. Like, yeah, whatever the fuck's going on with that. Um, Drain the Swamp was also a policy position, although incredibly vague and definitely not implemented. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that she's just dated in her in her arguments. It, yeah. She's trying to channel that whole, like, Hillary Clinton energy. We don't need that. Yeah. Um, she's extremely just she's forgetful with anything else that she said, aside from her closing statement to me, in my opinion. Um, it wasn't anything that, that she said anything bad or that she said anything that then like wasn't progressive or whatever. It mm. just was like I kind of came out of this being like I know that like I know she's pulling bad. Yeah, she's not going to pop up magically to twelve percent. She's probably not going to drop out. Yeah, but I don't need to like make more of a, a like as for a lot of these people. I don't need to like focus more on it than I actually have to. Yeah, because nothing really jumped out to me that was you know. Um, out of the ordinary with what I was expecting from her. Next at 1.3%, Hickenlooper. King. John Hickenlooper is a fucking king. <laughs> I I I think that he takes the cake for being just the most like clueless dumb guy yeah. who is running. And it's not because he does anything stupid, but his whole entire shtick is to be against Bernie Sanders. 
And he continuously says that, you know, Colorado did this without socialism. Colorado did this without socialism. We need, you know, we need just a better Democratic Party, not socialism. If we try to beat, you know, that was actually the closing statement. Like, if we try to beat Trump with socialism, we're going to lose. And the funny thing is that, which you mentioned, that the tickets for this event were extremely expensive. $4,500 per station. Yeah, so there was no burning support really in the seats unless they're just, like, insane. Yeah, you know. So. Well, everyone, everyone there is either got like too much money or they are insane because they paid four thousand five hundred euros yeah. for a seat. I know. Number one fan of the Democratic Party. They had their their foam finger and everything, <laughs> and their, and their oversized mug or their or their their hat with the the straws <laughs> on it. Now, um, John Hickenlooper's whole like for anyone who does not remember, John Hickenlooper had a speech about two or three weeks ago where he tried to do that same thing again, but in front of a young audience and got booed. Yeah, whenever he rails against um, Medicare for All or... Gets booed. He also just mentions socialism. Mm -hmm. It's literally the fucking Twitter meme of nobody, silence, John Hickenlooper. Socialism is bad and we need to stop it. Yeah, and he... So when Sanders is giving his... his his, What I thought was just his stupid democratic socialism speech that he has to give every year because, Mm. you know, give the classics. Yep. Um, John Hickenlooper just, like, live tweeted... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was just about like Colorado did this program without socialism, and it's like just just stop. Like this yeah. is like you've he's clearly not like no one's gravitating towards that and being like yeah you're right Dan the problem with Bernie Sanders is socialism because yeah. whenever people complain to you about Bernie Sanders it's normally just like like made up qualms that they have that he's sexist or that he's this or he's that. Well, it, it, it's it's uh it's a false analysis of Sanders that like people care about him because of his. Um, he's just too sexy yeah Yeah, basically they they view um they think everyone cares about this politician because of the reasons they care about the politicians they like a personality that checks certain boxes um that we like him because he's an old white male and then completely don't want to confront the fact that like most of AOC's groundswell support came from people who are massive yeah, Bernie supporters. Exactly, and people like AOC are, although she's not endorsed him yet, but no. was a massive. AOC would not be in the like. That's actually I, that. This was my shower thought this yeah. morning when I was, you know, taking a shower. <laughs> is that because I knew that we were we, we, we were going to be talking about this today, and I was kind of thinking about like I see all these just run of the mill liberals loving AOC, mm. you know, for identity reasons not because of any of her policies you know and yeah given like aoc balances both sides of the you know identity politics and class-based politics which i think you know in the u.s can be good yeah i don't think you have to be a completely you know you know uh, a vulgarly marxist about your things you can acknowledge like i mean for her it was like her community is you know a primarily like latinx like you know or or african-american community yeah you know, it's not you're 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 not you're not playing a part. You know, like this is what you grew up with. You know, you know the experiences. That's fine. That's not what people like Beto O'Rourke do or whatever, which is just you know cheap shots in order to you know, yes, you know, do that whole thing. You know, she did come from a poor family. She is you know a a a, wom- a, a woman who grew up in the Bronx. This and then that. It worked with her because it also then you know reinstituted 
the idea then of class behind all of this. And mm-hmm. I think that she's actually been like pretty decent about that. Maybe like her tweets aren't the greatest thing. She's learning. Yeah. But still, all in all, like I like AOC for these reasons because she can bring these two realms together. And liberals don't see that. Liberals just see the identity aspect of it and don't realize that where she came up politically is because of Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And they just do not want to admit it to themselves because they think that you have to have exactly, you know, like, they're going to do the 2016 thing and they're going to lose. Yeah. That's it. There's also, like, yeah, they, they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge a lot of aspects of, like, that. The, um, who else? Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib are all kind of of the same ilk as well. Uh, Caban, who was just elected. Yeah. Cynthia Nixon, although she didn't win. Um, these are all people of the, like, same ilk that fit all these things that are supposedly... Uh, blotches on Sanders thing and then I think we're jumping ahead a little bit but it is kind of it's it is definitely identity as a weapon because they are also ignoring an aspect of Sanders which is he would be the first Jewish president yeah he is the son of a holocaust survivor he does come from not the poorest background but like Jews when he was young in New York were either extremely wealthy or extremely poor and i feel like he was in the latter um he talks about like whenever he goes to coal country he talks about the fact that he fucking lived off coal like he had a furnace in his goddamn apartment that he had to do himself which i guess is maybe either was normal back then or he was shit poor like i i don't really know how that I mean, works he's but... also like a kid in like the 1910s <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's another aspect of it but like he's... yeah but he was like he was living in Brooklyn back when that was where all the poor people in yeah, yeah. New York were shoved. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I think yeah, I think that that's one. And Bernie doesn't. I mean, now maybe a little bit. Now he's trying to do the a slightly different game plan this time around. But it isn't focused around still himself. You yeah. know, it's a little bit more about his own personal story, but it's still around that. I think of of a more class based politics. But we'll get about. I guess we'll talk about that when we talk about yeah. Bernie. So um, there's two others that I think we can briefly just mention that were there. Um, Michael Bennett. Don't care. Yeah, American businessman get fucked. Um, from Colorado, they're going to be one person from Colorado. And taking Looper. <laughs> yeah, the king. Uh, and Eric Swalwell Jr., apparently. I didn't know he was a junior. Uh, again, this is kind of like if you ever watched like a straight-to-video movie in the 90s where they had like a stand-in president. Both of these guys fit the part very well. Yeah. And then let's talk about the actual people we want to talk about. And I guess since we're already talking about it, Sanders. Yeah. Sanders was there. King. You know, still Stan Bernie. Yeah, I um, I he didn't have he didn't do particularly strong because there wasn't enough time to. Um, he played the. He classics. apparently got eleven minutes of airtime. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's pretty standard. Third highest. Yeah, who was the highest? Kamala Harris. Biden. Oh, of course, yeah. thirteen and a half minutes. That. Yeah. I forgot that Joe Biden was on the stage, but we'll get to him because <laughs> yeah. he's a fucking train wreck. Yeah, Bernie played the classics. Um, you know, didn't really answer the questions all that well. Um, he, I don't think he really actually cared. I think yeah. he kind of knew that this was going to be like what. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not actually going to even try to like analyze like what was Bernie thinking, what was yeah. going on. His, um, it just his answers were were the same stuff as always. You know, um, he did talk about the source of like the u.s's quote-unquote migration problem um which is that of regime change that happened in like specifically like honduras and stuff like that so that was cool um which then actually was brought up by williamson which is you know cool that she did that Mm. and that was the only thing that was then that then uh 
what you said was different is that then he finally mentioned like military industrial complex this time around. I feel like that was, he did in his closing statement for this. I watched the closing statements and I have also noticed him mentioning it more this time around compared to 2016 run um, where, because again, I feel like a criticism of 2016, although I feel like this is the entire democratic party is a lack of foreign policy. Yeah. Uh, And that is a criticism that I think is, he's trying to take on and it's a good one because it is one that's coming from the left. Um, yeah, because yeah. the centrists in the United States want no one to talk about foreign policy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, Yemen was the thing that really, I, feel, I think first off too, one of the, um, nice things about the Trump presidency is it's been kind of a mask off moment for most people to then actually realize what U.S. foreign policy looks like. Mm -hmm. Trump's foreign policy, aside from maybe sitting down with Kim Jong-un, is business as usual. Mm -hmm. It's just that now we don't have to convince ourselves that the president's a good person. Yeah, there is, I guess, like comparing like this ramp up in Iran to Iraq is like they put like even... No matter how fucking shoddy the Iraq justification was, this one is even fucking shoddier. Oh, yeah. Um, they blew up our toy robot. Um, fucking that and... So... The oil tanker thing? Yeah, the oil tanker thing with Iran as well. Uh, the ramp up, the supposed ramp up that never went anywhere with Venezuela. Like, oh yeah, there was a Trump just gave up on that. He got bored. He did, yeah. But like, <laughs> the, I did not expect the resistance within the United States to that compared to like considering the situation of Venezuela and how many people you encounter who will just be like, Venezuela's bad. We need to like fucking get in there right now. Then I think the only thing that is like weird about Trump is that. His comments about how he really personally likes Kim Jong Un is weird, but I do agree. But with he says that he says that literally to every single person that he meets. That's why the, yeah. I think it's so funny when people are like, "Can you believe that Donald Trump said that?" I, you know, and like Rob made fun of this too, like a couple of weeks Fair ago. Enough. Like when 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 he met Sebastian Kurz, he has no idea who these people are. Kim Jong Un is the only one that he knows, probably. Yeah, you know, maybe he knows who Xi Jinping. He, obviously, he knows who, who Xi Jinping is because he talked about him so much in the yeah. In, yeah, in yeah, his, yeah. Uh, uh, um, when he was running for president. But do you think that then when he goes and fucking meets with like, you know, Juan Guaido, that he actually knew who he was, not. you know, or then like, you know, Macron, like he's like, Oh, I, like and they, they, those two guys love each other. You know, yeah, they, they, they're, they're closet authoritarians, both of them. Yeah. Right, basically. So yeah. it is like, I, I, I think that then the stuff that everyone uses is the thing like, like cause they talk about it all the time. Like, can you believe that, that the president calls Kim Jong-un a good friend? It's like, if he met your mom, and your mom, like, was genuinely friendly to him for, like, two seconds. He'd be like, oh, this she, woman. He mentioned him great. outside the fucking chopper that he's always talking in front yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, Donald Trump is just that kind of, like, just a fucking bullshitter. He's going to think that every single person likes him. Well, it's also very, not to analyze too much in the psyche of Trump, but, like, it is very, like, businessman tactic. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, every person you meet who looks like they have a position to power, you don't shit talk them. That you will need that for deals later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I think that's contributed to like this foreign policy awareness thing is probably the, um, everything, the, the, the giant fucking fumble after fumble that is Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like everyone was real horny for, uh, Mohammed bin Salman and then the Yemen things happen the Khashoggi murder happens and all that they really can do to like counter that is that women can drive now and hoped that no one would beg the question, 
why couldn't they before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I have to. Yeah, like because that's that's that is like a weird thing that now finally people are like on both sides of the political spectrum are like kind of coming like no one casually just like justifies Saudi Arabia anymore being like well you know like maybe a dictatorship but they're our ally I think everyone's kind of like yeah they're a horrible country why are we giving them so much fucking money oh well I think that the problem was and what made a lot of Americans realize that is that some politicians were still doing that they were, they yeah. hadn't got the memo basically and people were like oh no. <laughs> Yeah, so that um, that was cool that 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 Bernie's been doing that. I appreciate yeah. that. All in all, though, like not it's going to get more interesting when we when there's less people on the yeah, stage and there's yeah. he has more because yeah, I I think that then he's cruising pretty comfortably now. He's not the thing that then I thought was so stupid is that there was an article that came out from Politico like not too long ago actually about like when's Bernie Sanders going to drop out. I was like, fuck off. Like, ask mm. these, like, 10 other people who are polling at 1% to drop out because they're doing, like, do you honestly think... Without that, looking at your computer, name all of them now. <laughs> yeah. You know, the only one then who I was not, who who I wanted to see on the stage was Mike Gravel. Yeah. But because he didn't fill, you know, fight, uh, uh, fill the, 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 I guess, donor. Yeah, he's still lacking on the donor thing because as far as I know, he's actually, in some polls, polling higher than Cory Booker. Yeah. Yeah. Um so this is like 538 had to recently add him to like <laughs> they have like an internal ranking system of like a significant candidate. He's now been added to that. Um which is above like about 12 of the people on this <laughs> fucking lineup. Yeah, so I I really just am excited to see this list become at least half of it. Yeah, yeah. Cuz preferably down to like 6 would be even nicer. Because I think Sanders does this thing of like making sure that he's not um a spoil, like a spoiler yeah. candidate, so he doesn't go too negative with other candidates. Like in his closing speech, he literally said, I think everyone watching tonight saw all these people and said they made all good points, which is, you know, very like probably the most positive you can be in American political debate, which is mostly pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Um so that's really interesting because he did also like not run. He promised like in la- last in the twenty sixteen Democratic Party, he did like no negative ads. That was his whole thing. Yeah, and he still hasn't done one yet. Yeah, exactly. And he's either. gonna keep doing that, but he will get more targeted when there's less people on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that's the thing I'm also wondering is in by whom and with what, because the people who are going to end up at these later stages are fucking monsters. Yeah. And we're going to talk about one of them next. So I think who, we can't mention without mentioning the other. We should probably do like Biden and Kamala Harris kind of together because they had they a, had a, a tussle. tussle. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. do Kamala Harris first, though. Okay. Because um, Kamala Harris came off. If I was a a... a um, you know, casual onlooker who had no opinions about any of these candidates. I was very, you know, not too concerned about politics, but I don't like Trump. Kamala Harris comes off, in my opinion, as the absolute strongest mm. last night. But if you know her backstory, it's all of it was complete bullshit. You know, every right. single so like one of the things that she was talking about was like in my presidency, I won't separate children from their parents. It's like, well, you know, you fucking did that in California. You know, she hates poor people who then also in the state of California also happen to be, you know, people of color. Yeah. So um, 
you know, the the amount of people who have been thrown into jail because of just nonsensically stupid drug crimes when she was the uh, uh, – what's it called? The – Prosecutor. Prosecutor. Yeah. I think the most egregious one would be the um, parents who can get punished for their kids skipping school with yeah. jail time. Yeah, 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 yeah. She has just a track record of getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm sorry, like even her dad disowned her practically yeah. with him, like politically. His completely disowned her. Yeah, yeah, uh, because of her policies. She he stated because of her corporate democratic policies, and um, she, um. She's pretty much even stated, like, after the debates, that when it came, like, especially, like, Medicare for All and, like, more radical programs like that, that that was just, um, you know, bullshit. Yeah. She actually then corrected herself after the uh, debate that she uh, would maintain private health insurance. So you can just, like, write, like, that was one thing right there, you know, although the least important, I think, of all of her other, you know, bullshit things that she brought up, um... Just, uh, like, I, I spent the entire, every single time that she opened her mouth, I fucking hated her mm-hmm. because you know her actual story. You know how much, like, she tried, like, her thing with Joe Biden about how then, like, you know, uh, I guess we can talk about that, too. Like, they actually brought up Joe Biden's racism. She did. She did, yeah. And by doing the, I know you're not racist, but yeah, you're kind uh, of a racist. Yeah, but here's all the shit you did. Um, yeah, so it's kind of... It was very like, I know your name's not Nick, but did you know the first letter of your name is N and the second letter is I? And then, <laughs> But like, it's not to go into too much into the identity politics game, but unfortunately this is like the democratic debates in 2019. That is kind of how this, these things work. It is important that she was the one who said this stuff, like that she attacked him for this. Yeah. Like, I think anyone else is probably not going to be ill-received. Oh, I forgot about that. Bill de Blasio kind of did the same thing. He's like, my son's black. <laughs> Or, yeah. Okay. Interesting. That was a that that, that was a that, that was weird. That was weird. Um, oh fuck! I forgot about that. Yeah, that wasn't the other debate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry was, to throw you off, but I'm that was... sorry. I was so tired. But yeah. Um, so, but the thing is, like, I feel like if Sanders had made these comments, not that he goes particularly negative, like, I don't think it would have been well received by fucking donut Twitter as Kamala Harris doing it. Basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's important. I think this is that showed a very interesting dynamic that's going to be, I think, going to be around probably until the end of this because this, like, the Democratic primary doesn't have to be a two way race, right? Like, there's nothing, it just happened to be last time or the last couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. It can be like a four way or three way or five way race. Uh, but I, okay, so here, here's my take would be that I feel like a lot of the people in this at the moment who are above 10% are probably going to hold out to the very end. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't see, I mean like to be fair, um, no one within that lower bottom group of people. Like you said, they're probably gone next week. Like everyone, like two or three of them. Yeah. yeah, they should yeah. Be. Um, if they're smart and they want to save money. Yeah. But I think if Harris is continues to like, score punches against Biden, who is still, like, the top runner at the moment. I see Kamala Harris going very far. Yeah. And she is an absolute disaster just waiting to happen. Oh, for sure. Because all all, all of her backstory has been brought up by liberal media. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine when then it goes up, if she were to become the candidate for the Democratic Party... Because it's not that she's like she she doesn't fall into the trap that like Elizabeth Warren does. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty good public speaker. 
she's tough. You know, she can hold her own she's against Donald prosecutor. Trump. That's what they prosecute. Yeah, exactly. Do, yeah. Um, she can hold her own against Trump. It's just that it's going to be a very hard sell to convince people who want, who already are voting for draconian policies, <laughs> that. Kamala Harris is your choice then because yeah. she was more draconian than Trump was. Yeah. You know, like she's it, it is a bad move. It is it is I at least hope that her shit catches up with her cuz she came off really strong for people who don't know about her. Yeah. Uh, which is the majority of people, yeah. mind you, like the the majority of people don't really have opinions formed on a lot of these guys. But the the thing that I find interesting about this dynamic that this showed is that as long as this continues, as long as there is maybe four people in the race, they're probably all going to go after fucking Biden rather than Sanders. No, they're going after Bernie. I mean, I feel like the media is going after Bernie, but like... I think Biden's going to drop out earlier. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my own personal take because he did so poorly. He did poorly. He yeah. was like watching... Literally, yeah, literally, just watching like a senile old man on stage, like given Bernie's just as old as him. Yeah, but Bernie kept up, you know, and maybe because yeah. he's just so fucking pimp. But it, like, I implore people to watch his closing statement. It's it just spins out. It spins out, and then it ends on just like of like the most dated, like God bless America and God bless. Yeah, the it's troops. a it's a rag of train of it. Yeah, God yeah. bless the troops twirling twirling towards freedom. Um, yeah, so. But it is interesting that, like, Harris did attack Biden like that. Because I agree with you. I think the media has got it out for Bernie. I don't think they're going to be particularly charitable towards him. But I think, especially if they're candidates who are going to position themselves as someone... So, like, Biden's writing high on the fact that he was the vice president under Obama who is seen positively. Yeah. Um, Beto is trying to be... Latinx Obama, even though he's not Latinx. Um, oh, Beto O'Rourke looked like he did not sleep in a month. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, shout out to my mom for actually giving me a good joke about that. So my mom messaged me of like, why is he not standing on his podium? And I was like, that's good. Like, yeah. Did not get a boomer joke from her. Like, that was solid. Props to Nick's mom. Um, but then like also... Yeah, I, I just feel like in the minds of people like Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, and Beto O'Rourke, Biden is the one standing in their way. Because you're, you're basically, yeah. you're not going to like, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders maybe occupy the same space, but they're occupying a different thing. And I feel like they're going to be the ones who are like, he's in the way of me kind yeah. of thing. So I... I mean, yeah. the, the thing the thing of the matter is that the after last change, night, though. yeah, the <laughs> thing of the matter is though that after last night, I think that Biden, not last night, the night before, mm. I think Biden did so, 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 so horrible that he's going to be asked to step down by the party because he answered every question with Barack Obama is my friend. Yeah, this is why I should be president, and the moderator grilled him. Like, right. the fucking moderator, the first thing that then Joe Biden was asked was about, there was a question about migration, and he was just like, well, you know, uh, Barack Obama and I, we, we handled this problem so well, and, you know, we just have to keep doing that again. And the moderator was like, you know that your administration deported over three million people. 
And it was just like, you, you just got dunked on by the moderator. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. And he, he didn't, like, everyone knew that that was going to come. Like, I'm just like, the moderator's going to tell, to bring up the three million people deported under Obama. Yeah. And Joe Biden just stammered, like, you know, fucking fish out of water and just waited for his time to be up. And that was the way it was the entire night. Was it like, you know, did you know that my, my, my best friend is the former president, Barack Obama? Yeah. And we did, we had a plan about this and we did this and this and this. And it's like, he just, he, that's who is his only response all night long. And then was asked after the debate about the busing question and stammered. Non, yeah. just nonsensically until he had enough room to like walk away from the, the, the moderator who was asking him. It's really, I just wonder. So here, here's my thought of the future basically is that, like I said, the candidates who are trying to fill the space that Biden is filling, uh, Kamala Harris included, Kamala, I'm going to say Harris, Buttigieg, and O'Rourke, those are the ones who are above 10% who I think are in this space. Do we talk about Pete Buttigieg? We haven't yet. We will. Okay. Um, but I think because. I think this is the other difference between Biden and Sanders. Biden, if you actually look at it, has a woeful track record. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. The Whereas, worst of anyone on that stage, except for maybe I'd put Kamala Harris up to that. But that's yeah. even iffy because... But he's been around longer. He's been around longer and has been just openly racist. Too. Yeah. So this is the thing. So here's my take is after seeing what Harris did, I think they're going to crypt the style sheet and... Kamara Harris is going to go after him for desegregation stuff. Beto O'Rourke will probably go after him for anything to do with deportations and the border, because he's from border region of Mexico. And he's that's where the democratic support is in that country, is please stop getting rid of all my Mexican friends. Um, then, or, you know, please stop getting rid of me. <laughs> then... I don't know too much about this, but Buttigieg could probably go into anything homophobic he's done in his past. Like and this is all stuff yeah. that would play well with Donut Twitter, and yeah, yeah. But I, the- I see Biden getting demolished, and I think that the way like I I, I do see it being a collective effort of yeah these three people because yeah. Biden has to go away in order for there to be an actual debate about anything. You can't have this fossil of the Democratic Nothing Party. Nothing will substantially change. Yeah, no, exactly. And that you just have a fossil of the Democratic Party when they were just openly racist, just yeah. like walking around the fucking halls. Given the Democratic Party is a god-awful institution, but the only person on that stage who had no business being there, I would say even less than people like Andrew Yang and watch just simply because of the time frame of where we are right now is Joe Biden. Yeah. Because they, the fucking... The, the way the Democratic Party is organized is this bizarre, hyper-centralized monstrosity that does not seem to understand anything that's going on outside of their bubble. And they think that, well, Biden's a little bit racist, so he'll win over Trump support. Yeah. You know, or he'll win over the, you know, the white suburbans who aren't... He, he's got, like, a... The Chevy, small business owners or whatever. Yeah, he's got, like, a chauvinist thing going on. Chevy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that appeals to a certain... Well, they think will appeal to a certain section yeah. of the population. And I mean, yeah. the, like, the like anyone can bring up just the fact of his bizarre molestery fucking ways. Yeah, that seems to have just been expunged from the record. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, again, that's something that Kamala Harris, as a woman, could very much attack yeah. him on. The thing is, like... So that's the, that's basically the two tracks of this party at the moment is that like remember Obama track uh, of Buttigieg, Harris, Biden, and uh, Beto O'Rourke who are all imploring that in a different way, but they're all imploring it. And then you have the like we're actually progressive Warren and 
Sanders thing. But they're all those two people are to- both too nice that they're not going to go after each other. So, yeah, I think one of them will fold into the other. Yeah, and I do hope that it's Warren folding into Sanders. Yeah, because I do think that they could have. I think that it. Elizabeth well, he leads Warren, by like ten points over her. So yeah, he probably. leads by pretty much everyone except for Biden. Biden and then yeah. when Biden goes away, that support will just like dwindle into. It, no, it will. Uh, according to the numbers of the numbers that would be believed, it will dwindle into Sanders because the second most supported candidate amongst Biden supporters is Sanders. Oh, that's funny. It's really so. Weird. Then they're, they're, they're going to probably just then keep Biden in the race for as long as they can. Then actually, yeah, in order to avoid that, yeah. because then Sanders becomes. Easily the nominee then, because that puts Sanders at like forty percent. Then I think it'd be interesting though, because if he keeps getting dunked on, unless the people dunking on him are so charismatic in their dunking, uh, that's the thing too. No one here is charismatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah, none of them are. Buttigieg, I think, disappointed all the Buttigieg fans. Uh, oh God, yeah, we haven't even gotten to him because like, yeah. I, I forgot about him. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think there's this weird thing of, like, we'll have to see, basically, if Biden keeps performing poorly and if the other, like, obama light people try to keep attacking him, it's about where that support goes. Because, like like I said, Sanders is the second preferred amongst him. They could switch to Sanders immediately, or they could be swayed by the dunking to go to them, but I don't know about that. Yeah. So, Pete Buttigieg? Pete Buttigieg was there. <laughs> I yeah, that's that I saw the greatest tweet about him the other day is that Pete Buttigieg is if the Bank of America Pride float was a person. Yeah. And yeah. that's the vibe that I got from him. He's not for anything progressive. No. Nope. He is literally I think he's just that Obama light. Remember Obama? He was a president. He wasn't as bad as Trump. He's capitalizing on the like Obama was elected because he was black thing, so how about electing me because I am gay? Uh, there is a little bit of that. Um, Buttigieg is probably like one of the least qualified people on here. That is, a, that is a polling above ten percent. He's a mayor of a very, very small town, and it's a town that doesn't like him. A town that doesn't like him. Black Lives Matters fucking hates him because of all this shit. Where like he did not like let these police go. Like, wait, now hang on. Let me see if I can remember this correctly. There is footage that was caught of like white cops in South Bend, Indiana, basically using the N-word flippantly that was recorded by a black cop. And this footage was presented to the mayor. And the black cop was the one who was let go, the one who like brought the footage to the public. Cool. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. So There was a recent shooting, too, from a, a police officer, mm-hmm. in, uh, a white police officer against a black teen. Who, um, you know, his, uh, his 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 body cam just happened not to be oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. And so the police officer said that he, uh, the kid had a knife. <laughs> not and... to backtrack a little bit, but I, I I did see that tweet that I love so much, where like someone was being like, "Oh man, Kamala Harris like destroyed Biden," and someone was like, uh, "What happened?" And then someone underwent on the I don't know. Kamala Harris turned off her body cam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Yeah, but that 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 happened in in Indiana yeah. in South Bend and so there was a there's an awesome clip of of uh Pipudichej trying to console a, a predominantly black audience mm-hmm. who's mourning and they do not want him there. Yeah. And uh they yell at him about how like they don't want to be used as, you know, an election ploy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh no, I'm not here to, you know, garnish vote you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to, to get your vote and this woman one woman just responds, Yeah, you sure as hell aren't getting it. Yeah. 
and yeah, so he's really not liked there. He's particularly not liked by, and they actually, you know, critiqued him on that. That uh, you know, a quarter of the population of South Bend is black, and the police force is predominant, very much predominantly white, like ninety three percent white. Not that I think that then making your police force more like your, you know, area, yeah, yeah, is. Do, does actually anything because of how the police are as a as a thing, um, but his response was the dumbest thing I saw. I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're trying, we're, we're you know, trying to fix this." It's like, "Fuck off!" Yeah. Like you know that people are going to find out about how bad you are, especially like in like race relations in uh, in your home state, and you're going to fucking plummet in the polls. And I cannot wait for that day to happen. Yeah, uh, it's a yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like. Harris could attack him on that. Um, yeah, I get, I get, I, could, I just keep coming back to after Harris doing this, like, like hearing about that because I didn't watch this and I then watched the clip of this happening. Is like, for me, it re- just really feels like the whole dynamic is going to be changed. It seems like a certain wing of this is going to can- cannibalize itself basically by just attacking each other for all of them not having decent records. Yeah. Basically. I mean, the so, only one who has a decent record is, is Sanders. Yeah. I mean, like, but also the whole Warren used to be a Republican thing, while sends off alarm bells for us, I don't think is going to, like, be a big fiery debate thing. No. Like, if It won't tries- be, like, the Warren stuff won't be a problem until if she actually clinches the nomination. Yes. And then, like I said, Warren is finished. Warren is not... Like the thing that, like, if if you could combine the delivery of stuff that Kamala Harris's delivery with Elizabeth Warren's policies, you would have an unbeatable candidate that then would fit all the criteria of of what the you know mainstream liberals in the United States want to vote for. Yeah, the reality of it is that candidate already exists. It's Bernie, Mm. um, but they're not. They're gonna you know go you know tooth and nail against him for, you know, whatever reasons that he is, because he's an outsider, he's not really a Democrat, he's a socialist, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that candidate doesn't exist. So, I mean, in terms of, of what the party wants. So we'll see how it happens. Um, yeah, that's everyone except for... Williamson. Orb Queen. Yes. <laughs> how we have been blessed. Oh, it's wonderful. Gaia has sent us... Herself? Herself. <laughs> in the form of a wonderful suburban white woman. Can, can, I, um, can I read some of her tweets before we go on? Oh, God, please do. Yeah. All right. So, 23rd of July, 2018. Terrible wildfires burning in Sweden. Let's all pray for slash visualize massive rain there. Parentheses. The mind is that powerful. Full stop. Close parentheses. Bringing it back to Europe. I'm sorry. I just had to mention that one. Um, okay. I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm controlling my breathing. Yeah. Trying to get myself centered. Mm-hmm. Focusing about, um, you know, bringing, bringing the rains down on Sweden. Going back a bit. Okay. 17th of April, 2011. Wait, wait. I have to, I have to reach my center again. Yeah. When enough minds are vibrating on a high enough level, then all lower thought forms will fall of their own dead weight. Yes. Yes. Cut the tall trees. Cut down the tall trees. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's like weird. That just really strikes me of like some sort of weird spiritual fascism call to arms. Yeah. Oh my God. She was an absolute treat. Like, Hang on, hang on. One last tweet. Oh, one, all right, wait, wait, hold on. Our, our all-time favorite. 
13th of April, 2009. Yes. Going in for the deep cuts. God is big. All caps. Swine flu. Small. All caps. Yes. See every cell of your body filled with divine light. Pour God's love on our immune systems. Truth protects. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of this tweet is after swine flu small, there's two spaces. (laughs) One, two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. She is so cool mm-hmm. i really like if she was not running for president which for some reason she is because <laughs> you know what has been gifted to us why do we deserve this um one percent in the polls and i want to remind everyone three percent margin of error so she probably has four <laughs> percent <laughs> because of gaia yeah it's because of gaia yeah holy shit uh her closing statement was the coolest thing the entire night uh i saw i saw people putting uh twin peaks music to it it was perfect um yeah i'm currently you know harnessing all my crystals i have them lying out on the table um you know making sure that that they will harness enough love to oust out the 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 fear that donald trump has been conjuring yeah she was cool (laughs) i have nothing else to say I was in awe the entire every single time that she opened her mouth. Yeah. She even had something about how like John F. Kennedy had a dream to send someone to the moon. Yep. <laughs> it was it was so cool. That's definitely the person I think of in American politics who said I have a dream. <laughs> yeah. It was To be fair, she actually brought up good things. She brought up good things about, um, you know, she, she is for Medicare for all. She is against, she's actually the one who brought up, you know, who uh, started talking about how atrocious U.S. foreign policy is. Mm. Actually, the discussion about U.S. foreign policy, you know, started because she brought up about, she's like, we haven't talked about this yet. So she's kooky as all hell. Yeah. Um, I really don't like the um irony support that she's getting right now right. from the left i think that that is it it just is stupid because i don't know it just kind of sits with me wrong like hmm. yeah it's funny but then every like i don't know like I, I i see this with the whole like you know weird twitter left thing or whatever um but yeah like i mean she did bring up good stuff but in the end She's not the serious candidate. No. She's far too esoteric. She's also an anti-vaxxer. Like, that, you can't have that as, as a... No, you know. yeah, it's and, weird. And someone... I, I, I saw someone mention that then she is the... What everyone thought that Jill Stein was is what she actually is. Yeah, there's a bit of that, isn't there? Um, yeah. Because I remember the, like, takedowns of Jill Stein. I remember how very... Um, there was a lot of reaching into her past to really do that. And like completely misquoting it though. Yeah, but like, I mean yeah. like past as in her college years kind of stuff, not like her political past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, one of the, the fucking last week tonight's hot take was that she did like, um, she was in a reggae album. She had a reggae album she made in college where she did vocals. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's it was, so it was built, but it was building that image of like hippy dippy, 
No, concert. yeah, but the, the 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 problem of it was is that Jill Stein in the 2016 election, mm. although not going to get any fucking has any chance whatsoever, had the most radical left wing platform by far. Yeah, there's not there's no even you know you know Bernie Sanders has not even remotely come close to how radical the Green Party's platform was, and a pretty realistic platform too, mind you. Everyone was trying to like brand her as an anti vaxxer and stuff like that, where she was quoted saying that then like people in the U.S. are like there are like too many vaccines, which is a which I would argue is probably not that false of a statement. Yeah. Like the U.S., you're vaccinated for fucking everything compared to Europe or you know the rest of the world, where yeah. it's like you get your necessities and not like you know every imaginable thing or whatever. It wasn't that she was saying that then that you're gonna get autism or whatever. Unlike you know. Uh, Marianne Williamson or, you know, hunk, <laughs> literally sounds like she's starring in a movie with Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Um, Listen, Mr. President, if you are listening. Mr. President, if you are listening. If you are. Yeah. Again, it's cool, but not serious. And she's like a little bit too out there. But yeah. I really don't like them in the sense of the, uh, how she's being jokingly taken seriously by people. And then how people are then trying to be like, oh, yeah, like this is like, you know, trying to compare it to, to Jill Stein because yeah. that was um, an unfair depiction of Jill Stein. Unfair to, well, I mean, it was it was it was Jill Stein's fault for trying to like not her fault, but I mean, Jill Stein wasn't going to push the rhetoric left wing. No. She tried to make herself as in like she did not spoil the election, to yep. be fair, because Hillary Clinton won the, the election by three million votes. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, the U.S. is, is fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like I think that then if she, if Jill Stein had engaged herself within the process of of you know a post Trump election thing better, could have I don't know I, I I I find that also too it's also just a bunch of like suburban women who hate her too much for something that she's not responsible for yeah, because Hillary sure. Clinton didn't campaign well. Yeah, so. The, I think the interesting thing about why she's getting support from the left, or at least like Twitter left, and like somewhat in jest, I don't think this has actually affected her polls. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think like, I think anyone on Twitter left who gets like cold call surveys probably going to say Sanders uh, or Warren, maybe if they're of that ilk. Um, but her like, a lot of her policies, other than the vaccination thing, is pretty in line with like, Warren Sanders, um, yeah. Medicare for all, $15 per hour minimum wage, uh, Green New Deal is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I remember hearing about this, I remember thinking this is pretty cool, but she's actually driven the conversation on reparations for slavery. Uh, she originally put forward the idea of $100 billion US dollars being distributed over 10 years, Um which she said would be distributed by a group of black leaders selected for economic and education projects, basically. And apparently has since then raised that to somewhere where she says the more appropriate figure would be somewhere between 200 to $500 billion US dollars. And the knock-on effect of this, though, is... I mean, the reparations thing is a weird one because depending on then what the perspective is that it comes from is just like something that social programs and infrastructure programs 
themselves can do. Mm-hmm. So when it's done that way, I find it kind of weird because why not just do it as an entire project itself then? That then is just targeting then like I, I, all areas. I think there's are? an argument to be made that you can do both. That like yeah, you raise up the entire country, but there's possibly arguments for predominantly black areas needing it more I to mean, correct the historical. It would be still in the same project then. <laughs> That's yeah, what it yeah, seems yeah. like. So I think it's more just like I don't know. I always get the feeling that then reparations is kind of like always the wrong question to be asking during um the election because yes it is an issue that is not a question it's been an issue for 150 fucking years yeah um was originally planned to happen never did because the reconstruction never actually really happened in the south um i find it always very weird when it's just white politicians are the ones that then are bringing it up like especially on the national stage given yes the black community has been um, actively going for it, but I always kind of like I like again with you know Beto O'Rourke and and you know uh, uh, Cory Booker trying to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. I do find it as pandering, and yeah. yes, it is uh, an issue. Um, I think that then within the communities that then especially like Flint and stuff like that who are affected, you know the you know primarily like poor black communities in the United States, yeah, uh, would be much more attracted to. A policy that then takes on, you know, how race, class, and all this stuff combines it, not just like a, hey, vote for me, I'll give you money, which yeah. is kind of problematic, I would say. At least that's the way that I see it. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, black in the United States. So. I think there's an idea. I think there's a way in which reparations for slavery. First of all, I don't really like the conversation being exclusively reparations for slavery because I also think you need to include reparations reparations for native americans which wouldn't be called slavery but it would be a form of yeah and that's never addressed in these yeah in these never policies. addressed uh, reparations for there's actually stuff. a good article from jacobin that's kind of about how like the how the reparations discussion is not the discussion needs to be had. It, it had it should be about then you know yeah general overhaul social social programs, programs and stuff like that how that's can we, how that will affect more people than just handing money out, and I think that I think that that's the argument that should always be made. Yeah, there's a, I think there's an argument for saying that you can make reparations like a, how would you call it? Like you introduce this like social security program U.S. wide uh, that helps the poorest in society, but there can be like a tack onto that of a reparations program, which is just saying give more money for this program in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also there's also these things of like, I think reparations for Native Americans works better because of the whole, they are effectively have like a certain level of sovereignty in areas. So just give the like ruling council of that, this huge injection of cash basically, because a lot yeah, of these areas are just... Uh, the reservations are really, 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 really weird. Yeah, they are. I don't really know enough about it, but there is something to be said of like, it's hard. It's really well. The U.S. government tried to do something like that with that you could get like so you get free health care and you get free college mm-hmm. if you live on the reservation. Mm-hmm. So if you're Native American but you don't live on the reservation, which um, yeah. is very understandable why no one wants to live on the reservation some because some of them are you know I mean whenever you drive you know like if if you ever go like you know north through Arizona and the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. It's a very weird experience of like seeing then how these like communities are built and stuff like that. Yeah. And they are purposely kept um in the worst conditions that they can be by, you know, the government, obviously yeah. and whatnot. So yeah, I mean how that would then um 
Yeah, how that how that would be distributed. But yeah, so they they use this program as a cop out more or less. Yeah. So you have to stay, you know, on your um on your your land, aka like, you know, in your in your uh apartheid area more yeah, or less yeah, thing, yeah. but then you can then benefit from the programs when you you know get sick or when you get you know, when you want to go to school and whatnot. But then access to these things, mm-hmm. you know, access is the big question. Where's a hospital on the reservation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one. Um, basically, in general, maybe it's not a cash program, but there is something to be said for a corrective measure for the historical abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but We do not have these answers. We do not. Um, yeah. Yeah. But... In general, what's most interesting about Williamson is she was the first person to like really talk about this. So whether we disagree on how it should be implemented, she's the only one talking about like yeah. reparations in general. And through that and talking about it on The Breakfast Club, which you informed me about, um, she's apparently pushed it so that both Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris have adopted a reparations plan. I'd imagine Kamala Harris's is particularly weak or not well thought out, but I'd imagine Elizabeth Warren's one is probably aggressively thought out. Yeah. Um, I just yeah like like back to the Kamala Harris thing. Anything that that she has a quote unquote plan for, yeah. I don't I can't take any of it seriously because I know like again like the quote that she had immediately after the thing is that she's it's an entire front. Yeah, it is not real. Um, but yeah, like that is the whole debate. That yeah. I think we went through everyone, didn't we? We did, and I think that is important to remember. How do we relate this back to Europe? Is that one of these fuckers could be in charge of the USA in a couple of years, and that's the country that's effectively in charge of all of Europe. So, yay! <laughs> Our overlords. Our beautiful, beautiful overlord. Finally, a European in the seat. Pete Buttigieg, who is Maltese, I think. <laughs> yeah. His dad was like a Marxist scholar or something? No, that's Kamala Harris. No, no, no. Oh, he him as well? Too, yeah. Oh, Jesus. His dad started the Antonio Gramsci Foundation. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh. me some Euro communism. Yeah. Oh God. How how those how how their kids fucked up. Well, this is this is them rebelling, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Dad, fuck internationalism. I'm joining the US military. <laughs> I'm a corporate dem now. <laughs> so yeah. Um sorry that we um didn't talk about Europe. No. That we gave you this um, you know, very nice spiritual experience. Yeah. Uh but we'll see you guys next week then. Yeah. So take care. Ciao ciao.